Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of The Ralph Report. Hump day. Hump day. Yeah. Mm. Get to humping. It is Wednesday, February 22nd. Year is 2023. It's the year of Larry. Everybody wants to arrest Frank Burns this time of year. Arrest me? What for, for heaven's sake? You're a communist. He's a fascist. I'm not either. I'm nothing. We'll vouch for that. All hell. All hell. Larry Linville. Yeah. All hell. Larry Linville. It is right to give Larry Linville thanks and praise. Just like it's right for you guys to be joining us here today on The Ralph Report. The Ralph Report. I don't seem to like anyone who works here. Yeah, that's the Eddie Pence <laughs> motto. The cheerful employee that is Eddie Pence. I should get that made up on a T-shirt. You should. Everyone would buy that for <sighs> Casual Friday. You think other people just don't like anyone they work I with? I think most people hate their coworkers. That's simply not I true. Agree. I think it is. I have a uh, glorious history of, of enjoying almost co- everyone I've worked with. Okay, all right. The vast majority the va- of people okay. I've worked with, mm. I've enjoyed. Okay, sure. And I enjoy everyone here on the staff. I like Jackpot. I like Prospector Larry. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. Roland. Yeah, okay. I like you. I, I like Gilbert. I, I like Queen, I like Gilbert. Queen J. I like you. I like Queen J. So the other three, I don't really care. They're for. fine fellows. They're not. They're and freaks of nature. <laughs> we're lucky to have them. Steve Ashton, I like. I like Steve. See, I like the majority of the people that work here. Steve Ashton will be on today's show. That's good. But enough about him. What about us? Let's get the introductions out of the way. I'm your old podcast pal. My name's Ralph Garman. He's got a motherfucking Mustang. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is the Rear Admiral himself, the Sheriff of Ghost Town, the Mayor of Myrtle, the the, the Rector of Roofs. What? The Tarper of Roofs. That doesn't have alliteration. Tarper of Tops of Houses. That's not good either. <laughs> Keep working on that. <laughs> Nipsey Muscle, the Dilf Pickle. It's our old pal. Holy God. Holy God. A.K.A. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo, ho, Eddie. Look at your got, filthy I got, hands. I got dirty roof hands. Yeah, don't come in here with your filth. <laughs> I didn't even realize they were dirty until I sat down. You were working on a roof. I was roofing in a way. My friends have a roof, a leak, a leak in their roof, and it's supposed to rain uh, today. Mm-hmm. And so they asked me to come over before I was, since I was going to be in the area and they live near here. Like, can you help me put this tarp up on my roof? My God. So I went, I climbed up on a roof and helped them tarp it. Is there nothing you will say no to i will do almost anything for my friends that is so true you're a just a giant sucker I'm not a sucker you're I will, a sucker if we are friends and i value our friendship i will do almost anything for you, you are you know in the cartoons when yeah. when the guy turns into a giant lollipop yeah and it says sucker I mean, on that's it, not me you're the sucker in the bugs bunny cartoon remember when you're fucking rock your fake rock was leaking out in the front yard with the sprinkler system i do but that was emergent that happened literally i literally walked up while you were there it exploded right and i that's that's i solved the problem that's leaping into an emergency situation i could have run i didn't turn off the water and then say hey eddie when can you come by and pick up some parts at the old hardware store i would have take a look at my sprinkler system and just fix it for me all you have to do is ask i wouldn't ask but if you had to that's called taking advantage of someone it's called friendship you you do for your friends friendship is not handyman work that's not why i have friends I, well, I, I would, I'm going to speak to out. these friends of yours. I, I would, would like. I would out. like some. I would like you to put me in touch with these friends of yours because someone needs to sit them down and explain no, something would, look, to you them. Look, you have a leak in your garage. I'll climb up there and tarp it. Don't want you to do that. I will. 
there just is ask. there. I don't want you to just do buy it. the tarp is all I ask you to do. I won't. You cover the expenses. I'll do the labor. Why would I ask you to do it when I'm a fully functional human <laughs> being? Know, maybe it's a two person. I'm job. a biped who has legs that work okay. and I can get on a all ladder right, and glad, take that care biped. of myself. Not to mention there are people who's there I don't are. know if you heard about these people. Right. But it's their job to repair roofs and to well, do that we kind of repairing. thing. It was just you. an emergency. They know they have a leaky roof. The repair people coming later and they didn't want, they want to tarp it to prevent further damage during the rainstorm. I just, I think your, your good heart, sometimes people take advantage of your I, good maybe heart. Maybe so, but I don't mind doing for people. And yet jackpot and prospector Larry and they Roland. All eat a bag of dicks. No kindness from you nope. whatsoever. Because they don't. What do if Jackpots had, had a roof leak? Would you climb up on Jackpots' roof and help help him fix it? I would so, probably so his no. makeup wouldn't run when the rains came. If he was, if he needed my help, I would help cover his little room. Eddie, I have something I'd like you to climb up on. I know. Of. See, but then you ask me like that, and I don't want to do it. Can you? I I'm a, not climbing up on anything you of yours. I I, I need you to put on the not, top of my... See? It's not a rubber tarp you're talking about. It is! No, it's not. It's a long, it's not, thick rubber not, tarp see? that goes on the tippy top no, of my... No, not. My leaky pole. I'm not. Any, no one has a leaky pole. That's not a thing. I'm not. You're not, see? A, you're not an expert on the pole. I'm not touching your leaky pole with a rubber tarp. See? You help other people, but I you will, won't help because they, Those people have legitimate needs. He's just a freak. They want someone to rub them out. That's, that's all he wants. That's, that's an unfair. Why do you think Larry's living rent free over there? I think Larry's panning for gold. I think yeah, there might be gold under my house. In his ass. What he's doing? He's mining jackpot's asshole. Wow. Gold. See, you're a you're a mm. you're a, a, what? a portrait of 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 conundrums. I'm such I'm just an enigma wrapped, wrapped in, in a, a conundrum, enveloped in a Cuisinart. <laughs> But then if you have a problem with your Cuisinart, I'll help you out with it. So you're all you're all giving and loving on one hand. You're, you're two-faced. You flip a coin, and sometimes you're just this heartless, Cause, cold Because Jackpot doesn't, man. he's not a friend. Wow. He's not. That hurts my feelings! You don't have feelings. You're a sociopath. <laughs> Clowns have feelings. No, he, he doesn't. Wow. He has no feelings. Well, except, what a way to start a Wednesday show. Except lust. <laughs> what a way to start a show. We yeah. have... Better things in store for I you, so. I'm kids. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Well, Steve Ashton will be here. What else do you need on a Wednesday to make you smile than Steve Ashton? He'll be on hand. Mm. We'll take a look at a one-hit wonder as well, suggested by a member of the Garmy. I had forgotten this song even existed, and uh, I was so happy to be reintroduced yeah. to that. We'll get to it later on. Entertainment news, of course, your phone calls. Also, don't forget, tonight, if you are a four-star general, tonight's the night. We allow you to peek into the Batcave mm. while we record the show live. And you get to hang out with your other four-star general pals there in the chat room via Crowdcast. And you can watch us do our thing while you guys uh, hang out. And we all enjoy ourselves and have a few cocktails. And okay. It's a good time. It is a good time. Good time had by all. Sweetly. 7 p.m. tonight. And I set up the link yesterday, so uh, just click on it, and it'll it'll bring you to us. We'll be here. We'll be here. Whether you're there or not, we're going to be here, <laughs> so you might as well join us. All right, let's get right to the show, because we got so much show today. We love it when you reach out to us. We always kick things off with your phone calls, of course, because we love to hear your voicemails that you leave on the Ralph Report hotline. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it's available to you. All you got to do is dial up that number, one 833 Hey, Ralph! Yeah, it's pretty simple. Then you can leave your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your comments, anything that comes to your mind. I listen to them all, so know that you will be heard. However, I can't play them all. I just mm. grab a handful that catch my ear, and we put them here in Garmy on the line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's going to play your calls now. Let's see what's on your mind. Speaking of tarps that cover poles, yeah. did you know that the very first major seller of prophylactics in America mm -hmm. was a German immigrant who mm -hmm. lived in the Tenderloin District of New York City? What? 
who used to sell them illicitly to the prostitutes and the Johns that were using their services mm -hmm. in New York City in the late 1800s. Oh, okay. Now, there was the Comstock law was in place, which made prophylactics illegal. Oh. So he had to literally sell them on the black market in order to prevent people from getting diseases and, uh, wow. and uh, unwanted pregnancy. Comstock law. Yes. He, this guy, his name was Schmidt. Schmidt. And he made them, he worked at a sausage factory. That's all, this and, is all working together. And he would take home the scraps and the excess casings, uh -huh. and then he would roll them up and make prophylactics oh, out of the very, sausage casings nice. and sell them on the QT in oh. back alleys in New York City in the 1800s. Okay. Fascinating. That is fascinating. You know where I learned that? No. There's a TV series oh, called Jesus The Sex, Booze, and Bets That Built America. They have a new series, and it's all about how sex right. and alcohol and vice uh, helped build this country. Well, this could have worked with the food today. one, too. It's made by the same people. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying the sausages, no, this, it could no, have this, been an episode. Think, I don't think you want to do of the sausage king of Chicago and then also talk about the fact that people were rolling intestines on their penises. I think it's a separate show. That's why they had to branch out. But isn't that fascinating? That is a fascinating. Isn't history fascinating? History happened. I, it did. It, it did. absolutely did. But I find it fascinating. Yes. Hence, the, all week long, we have segments that refer back to great moments in history uh -huh. because I love me some historical facts. Okay. I did great in history when I was a did kid. You? That was one of my favorite classes. I was fairly decent at history when I was in school. I always found it fascinating how people lived in other periods of time in other places because yeah. it's, it's our story. Right, but they didn't think about that when they were doing it. It's like no, us thinking about not. us doing this now. Right, years from now, people say, do you know two... <laughs> Chuckleheads sat in a room filled with Batman other. toys and talked to each other about nonsense. And people listened to it? For, for well over five years, <laughs> and people would listen to it, and then they'll make a story about yeah. us. And, you, and one of your... You're right? Your people, <laughs> your lineage, your heirs <laughs> yeah. can watch it. That's true. I was searching for the word. Okay, I just wanted to make sure... You weren't on the roof and didn't hit your head no. on, on some shingles. I'm still a little, little, you know, loopy? I'm not all together. Are you loopy? Well, it's a shaky ladder. It was oh. a shaky ladder, and it was me. Scary. And, scary. and it was one other person, and mm. it, it just, it's kind of scary. Yeah. And your hands are all filthy. And hands are filthy. And there was, you look like there, a hobo. There was bricks involved oh and, a, and a two by four and a tarp. Well, take a breath. Take a breath as we get into these now. phone calls. I'm here now. Try to focus okay. to the best of your ability. Uh, starting off with Christopher, you know, we're doing this thing called comedy for one now where people just call up and just make me dance like a monkey for mm -hmm. their amusement. Uh -huh. Hi, Ralph, Eddie, uh, she who has the magic, uh, Christopher, one star general out of Bremerton here. This comedy for one segment really spoke to me, Ralph, because for, oh God, maybe seven years now, I've been dying to ask you to, uh, do the impression that, um, you once did it's Sylvester Stallone calling, I believe, Bruce Willis greedy and lazy for what he wanted for an expendable contract. I can't tell you how many years in my household I went around telling my kids, uh-oh, you don't want to pick up your Legos? Well, I, I can't do it like you. I need it, sir. I love you. I mean it. Bye. All right. Here we go. <laughs> now it's time for Comedy for One. So you called me up and you want me to do like a voice for you because you know what you think like I got nothing better to do like I'm sitting around the house like I'm greedy and lazy. <laughs> that was comedy for one. There you go. Yep. Yesterday, Eddie Pence pissed off a significant oh, portion of what our audience. The fuck, did I do now? And uh, look, this is a mom and pop organization here. This is a one man show. This is a small business. I can't really afford. <laughs> To have Eddie pissing off entire What'd countries. You know what you did. I don't know what I did. You spoke ill of, of maple syrup yesterday. Oh, God How you don't like maple I syrup. I don't. I didn't say no one should eat it. You know where uh, You know where they love maple syrup? You know where maple syrup's a real big deal? Uh, fucking uh, New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, but there's a country. Maine. There's a country that oh, thrives country on. country that thrives on maple uh, syrup? Canada? In fact, the maple leaf Canada. is their symbol, their I national symbol. I like Canada. Symbol. I have a lot of Canadian friends. Well, that's all over now. Fine. Hi there, guys. Gordo here from Canada. Um, so we were all talking up here, eh? And uh, we have a problem with Mr. Pence and his 
hatred of maple syrup. Right. We're going to have to say that he's not allowed to do his show up here in Canada. Oh, great. No, you can't. You can't be saying that stuff and coming up here across the border. Eh? We'll chase you back across the street with their sticks and their pucks. Not going to happen, boys. Wow. Not going to happen. Love you. Except Eddie. Mean it. Bye. Sorry, Gord. That's, we didn't mean to insult the, the great well, nation of Canada. I think Gord's faking it. No way. That, that accent that's, is 100% Canadian. Canadian that is pure Canadian and right Canadians there. Canadians are friendlier than that. It may have veered off into Irish just a little bit. A little bit. But maybe bit. he's Canadian Irish. Hey, maybe. Maybe his maybe. ancestors. Maybe he's watched a movie. Came over the boat. With someone doing a Canadian accent. Wow. And see. Tried to copy that Now accent. it's getting worse instead of getting better. <laughs> You're insulting our Canadian listeners he's like. He's not Canadian. Like Gordo. Gordo. Uh, yesterday we heard from a long lost friend. We hadn't heard from our pal Roland in a while. He uh, stopped by to yeah. talk about the inanity of George Lucas's dialogue. making see see 3PO a human cyborg relations expert mm -hmm. when there's nobody for him to get together. The humans and the cyborgs aren't really hanging out that much. So he showed up to set us straight. A lot of people were happy to hear from old Roland. Hi, Ralph. Hi, everyone. I just want to leave a message for Roland since he's finally back on the show. And I just received my spray bottle of Love's Baby Soft. And I just wanted to let Roland know that I've spritzed and I'm ready just to let him know. L-M-B. Wow, Jesus. Finally, someone oh, appreciates no. a real man on this show. Finally, I want to see what happens when oh, a real man shows yes, up on the show. The ladies get crazy. Yeah, that lady did get crazy. That lady has spritzed. She may have been crazy before that. I love a woman who spritzes. She definitely. I've been known to make a woman or two spritz in my time. That's what you call drinking incessantly. It's been a while since I've had the pleasures of a lovely lady. Has it been? And so I'd like to take advantage of her fine offer, well, even though she sounds slightly possessed by a demon at the end of her phone call. Or Kathleen Turner. <laughs> so if you could please arrange some sort of introduction between myself uh -huh. and that lovely lady, I would greatly appreciate it. Well, she didn't leave her name, Roland, so I'm not quite sure where she is. It doesn't matter. Just, just fl fly me to wherever she is, and I'll take care of the rest. Fly you? Yes, first class, please. And I'm going to need a few extra bucks to get my taint waxed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, uh, we'll see what we can do, Roland. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go trim it now Please. because I can't cut it, you can't shave it because they need something to grab onto with the uh, wax. Uh, so I'm just, uh, I don't. I'm just gonna just whack it down to a manageable length. <laughs> How long is your taint hair? It's unnaturally hairy, oddly enough. I have very little pubic hair. It's like a Wookiee scalp. And I, I'm not a hairy person in general, but for some reason. The taint mm. just it grows down almost to my knees. <laughs> oh, it's it's like uh, it's like ivy. It just gets out of control, and someone needs to attend to it. Uh, you, you. Are All the right, one I'm who gonna needs, go take please. care of my ivy. My ivy taint. I'll be, I'll be back. Don't trip. Oh, I what? Who, the door just closed. Someone opened the door. All right, I, got, I think I can get it myself. I'm fine. I got it. Okay. Wow. I, had, I learn more about him every time he talks. Never heard about a uh, unnaturally hairy taint. To me either. So strange. And you know, we play upbeat music for you each and every episode to make your day a little bit brighter. I don't know how it gets any brighter after uh, rolling stuff by no. the little taint talk. Ugh. But uh, this is a pretty good tune. I had forgotten all about this. Thank you, Jimmy D, for calling in for this happy hit. Hey, Ralph. It's Jimmy D, four-star general from the OC, um, calling in today uh, to talk about a uh, happy hit yesterday on tuesday's show you mentioned uh, jerry harrison's birthday and that he was part of talking heads but in the uh, late 80s he actually went solo and had a uh, album produced called casual gods and on that he had a top seven hit named rev it up it is a rocker a bopper a beater a banger anything you want to call it it rocks 
tune. Anyway, uh, have a great day and uh, LMB. Beater, and a beater, and a, it's a gaper, a gaper. and a smacker, mm. and a mm. leaker, twister, twister. It's all those things. Thanks for the <laughs> suggestion. Thanks to everybody who called in. You too can be featured in the Garmy on the Line segment. But in order for that to happen, well, as you can imagine, you got to call me. Now it's time for us to now talk about folks who passed away ah, on yes. this day in history. Very somber segment. Yes, so sad. On February 22nd throughout history, a lot of great folks left us, but they're not forgotten. We're going to pay tribute to their lives and legacies in a segment we call Hello, Death. behind the scenes uh, to the Ralph Report, every time we play that variation on the Hello Death theme, Eddie Pence bangs his oh, head. He fucking, literally bangs his head. It's a banger. It's as if he's got his jean jacket on in the parking lot outside some sort of concert in his, in his youth with his oh, mullet. So acid-washed jeans. Oh, you must have been a picture. My Reebok, high tops. <laughs> Let's take a look at folks who passed away on February 22nd, starting in 1512 with Amerigo Vespucci. Amerigo Vespucci. Amerigo Vespucci. Okay. Are you familiar with Amerigo Vespucci? I'm not. Oh, well, his name is the reason a little country called America. Oh, okay. Amerigo um, Vespucci. Amerigo. He was traveling around the same time Columbus was. Was he? Italian explorer and uh, a uh, spokesperson for travel. <laughs> <laughs> He probably had a travel business <laughs> I'm sure he on did. the side. Americo. Hey, I'm Amerigo Vespucci. Do you like to take longer boat rides across the ocean, find a new world? Come with me. I'm going to show you all the new places you've never seen before. Call me. I'm Amerigo Vespucci. Travel agent. <laughs> I'm travel agent to the stars. <laughs> um, he and Columbus, you know, go at it. Because some people say, oh, Columbus discovered the new world. Yeah. A lot of people say Amerigo Vespucci discovered the new world. Right. He, Columbus technically got there first, mm -hmm. but he thought he was in Asia. Yeah, because he's an idiot. Right. Amerigo Vespucci was the first guy to recognize this is a new continent. Right. We've No one's ever been here before. Right. So it, technically he discovered right. the new world 
in uh, America. In we said America. Fifteen oh one. So Amerigo. When they started America making Day. the maps, they called it America in honor of America Vespucci. Right, not and, Columbica. And that, we're, not, we're not Columbica, exactly. In 1636, <laughs> Santorio Sanctorius. Uh-huh. Don't say uh-huh, uh-huh. like you're familiar with his well, work. Of course. Well, Sanctorius. Santorio Sanctorius. Santorio Sanctorius. <laughs> Santorio Sanctorius. Santorio Sanctorius. There you go. Venetian philosopher. <laughs> Falafel king. <laughs> the Venetian philosopher. <laughs> no, he was a physiologist. Oh, that's way different. He was a physiologist <laughs> and a physician. And the falafel king. <laughs> he may have made falafels on the side. <laughs> hey, there you go. I'm a Santorio Sanctorius. Are you of a peckish, a little bit hungry? Come on down to my doctor's office. I'll fix you up, but I'll also make you a nice falafel. You fill it with any kind of meat you like. Oh, he's good. Oh. It's, I'm the doctor of falafel. <laughs> doctor falafel, that's what they it's call right him. It's right next to America's travel agency in the mall there. Oh, bad. Uh, more importantly, though, Santorio invented uh, the thermometer. Oh, that's huge. Massive. Yeah, yeah. And in more ways than one. Right. The original thermometer, as invented by Santorio Sanctorius, was a foot long. Oh, it's too big. And it took 20 minutes to take your temperature. Uh, who gives a shit at that point? <laughs> a lot of people. Who no gives a shit at that point? You got to know what your temperature you're is. You're either hot or you're not at that point. But they, they could know how many degrees well, hot yeah, you were. 101, 100, who gives a shit at that point? Foot long took 20 Ooh, minutes to register long. Where'd it go up your ass, I'm guessing? I'm guessing. A foot. I'm guessing if it's a foot, it probably it's had to not go. hanging out of your mouth at a foot. Rectally. 1797, Baron Munchausen passed away. Uh-huh. German adventurer, soldier, and storyteller, of course. Died at the age of 76. 1827, Charles Wilson Peale, American painter, best remembered for his portraits of our leading American Revolution figures. Like George Washington. <laughs> There's a gas leak in here. Someone open a window. Uh, George Washington, et cetera, et cetera. Died at the age of 85. Without him, we wouldn't know what our founding fathers looked right. like, pretty much. And so he made them however he wanted. No, he did I'm accurate sure. depictions of our founding what fathers. What if they were all black? No, wouldn't and, that be fascinating? Right. Joke's on somebody, I guess, at that point. <laughs> uh, 1829, Adam Albert von Niepberg. Von Niepberg? We have some names today. Albert, Adam Albert von Niepberg died at the age of 53. He was an Austrian general who worked under Napoleon in France. And when Napoleon was about to be um, sent to uh, Elba, he was told to take the empress to some sort of retreat so she could take the healing waters of someplace or whatever. And he, he took her away, all right, and then beca he became lovers oh. behind uh, Napoleon's back. He gave her the healing waters. Yes, he did. He did. 1897, Charles Blondin, famous French acrobat and tightrope walker, died at the age of 72. Fall off tightrope? No, he yeah. died at the uh, the ripe old age of 72. I believe he died uh, from the diabetes or oh, a heart disease. That's not the way you want to go if you're a tightrope walker. I think it's exactly the way you want to go. go from diabetes. That means he survived all of those Wait. famous tricks. I think you're doing it because you eventually want to die that way. This guy's life, life was famous and, and fascinating. He, here in America, became very famous because he would walk across the Niagara Gorge. That is the canyon that was cre uh, created by the uh, Niagara Falls there between mm -hmm. Canada and the United States. It's uh, 1,100 feet across. Well, that's too long. And he would cross it in a, on a tightrope. That's dumb. And he would do it in different ways. First time he just did it, then he would do it blindfolded. That's then he would do it uh, in a sack. Then he would do it carrying his agent on his sack. back. Yes, the guy was the greatest. Did he do it on a unicycle? Uh, he did a lot of uh, tightrope and bicycle stuff as well. He was sent to the uh, gymnastic academy in Lyon when he was just five years old by his family. And after six months of training, he started making his first public appearance as the boy wonder. And he developed such superior skill and grace that he was the greatest acrobat and tightrope walker in the world at one mm. point. It's fascinating. Yeah. I wish my parents had got me into acrobatic school when I was five. 
Then I could do stuff. Yeah, because you. What, what would you have done? Stuff, acrobatic, acrobatic stuff. stuff. Yes, I could be. I could be. He was probably acrobatic cli- right now. He was probably climbing all over shit, and then wanted him out of the house before he killed himself. See, I. You got to start him young. <sighs> they didn't have a TV. If they had a TV, he would eating Oreos, TV. watching television That's, when I was five. There you go. That's the reason I'm not a now you're superhero talk, now. Now you're talking about the entertainment business. That's right. That's what you were trained for. Um. Oh, this is fascinating. Yeah. We were just talking about the thermometer, right? The foot-long ass thermometer. Yes. yes. On this day in 1925, Thomas Allbutt died <laughs> <laughs> at the age of 88. <laughs> now, you laugh, but he was also a doctor right. in England. Allbutt. And he invented the modern clinical thermometer. Oh. He didn't like the foot-long thermometer that took 20 minutes to no. register a patient's he wanted it. temperature. A little one in the mouth. He wanted a small one that would work quickly. So he invented the modern thermometer right. that we know today. Yeah. What are the odds that the two guys who invented the thermometer died on the same That's day? That's interesting. Fascinating. Very interesting. Uh, Paul Emile Bordois. Bordois. Canadian abstract painter died on this day in 1960. A uh, Quebecois artist. Quebecois? What's Quebecois? He is from Quebec. Oh, I didn't know what that meant. He was um, best known for his abstract painting. He was one of the leaders of the avant-garde automatiste movement. And he was known for his brilliant abstract painting. So he's just painting a bunch of like weird shit. You say this every time, but it's simply not the case. Mm. Uh, Recently, his 1956 canvas entitled... Figures schematiques shattered previous records for his work at auction and sold for $3.6 million wow. at auction. Wow. And it is uh, basically a white background with uh-huh. some black uh, boxes that uh-huh. uh, are representative of. <laughs> so he says. Sep- so representative, he says representative of, of. Uh, figures in right. different poses. Just black boxes on a white <sighs> canvas. And he says God. what they are. And then you pay $3 million for it. Speaking of art, in 1968, Peter Arno, American cartoonist best known for his covers of the New Yorker magazine, passed away at the age of 64. Samuel Bick also died on this day in 1974. He was the attempted assassin of Richard Nixon. Did you know that Richard Nixon had an assassination attempt? I didn't know. On February 22nd, 1972, Samuel Bick attempted to hijack a plane out of the Baltimore-Washington International Airport intending to crash it into the White House Ooh. to kill President Richard Nixon. Ooh. He, they say, had uh, mental issues, and he harbored the belief that the Nixon administration was conspiring to oppress the poor. Oh. Oh. He wasn't that crazy. He may have been on the something. 1976, Florence Ballard, one of the original members of the Supremes, the great girl group out of Motown. She passed away on this day. We have a heart attack at the age of 32. Oh my God, that's awful. Ridiculous. In 1984, David Vetter passed away at the way too young age of 12. Oh. David was best known by his first name and also as the boy in the plastic bubble. Oh. He was the uh, most prominent sufferer of a disease called SCID, which is severe combined immunodeficiency. Basically, his body didn't have an immune system. Yeah. And doctors told his parents that any airborne um, pathogen would be fatal to David. He didn't have the um, the immune disease, the immune uh, um, system system to fight it off. And so he was literally let, raised inside a plastic oh. container at the hospital, and then they built one in his home. Mm. And he spent his entire life encased inside a plastic a bubble. Short, tragic life. In the age of twelve, that sucks it's it's tragic on every possible that level sucks. for the parents who are desperate desperate to keep their son alive this was the second kid they had with this oh. the first one died shortly after childbirth oh, before they diagnosed the problem they said odds are if you have another male son odds are he will likely have the same syndrome and they had another child and sure enough david did oh. and so they put him in this sterile atmosphere they couldn't even hug him everything oh. had to be sterilized before it went inside that room he had to be changed. His diapers had to be sterilized. He was chained, changed through rubber gloves yeah. that were built into the, no skin, the cube. The skin no skin-to-skin skin contact. Oh, that's awful. Whatsoever. In an attempt to treat him, they had his sister give him a bone marrow transplant, hoping to kickstart his yeah. immunity. And it took effect, but then they found out that the daughter had 
uh, um, Epstein-Barr virus oh God. in her DNA that wasn't picked up in the original testing, and this kid contracted it and passed away at the age oh of 12. Oh, my God. Nothing about this story is less than heartbreaking. 1987, Andy Warhol, famous American pop artist, of course, died of a heart attack at the age of 58 on this day. Speaking of artists, I, I, I... <laughs> yeah? Are you having a stroke? <laughs> I smell toast. <laughs> I would... I would. I yes. I'm waiting. I. This is a controversial statement. <clears throat> it's taken a little, little bit for me to work up. Okay, to. just say it. I would. Uh huh. Put forth the proposition. Yes. That this person is one of the greatest filmmakers in in recent American history. Okay. You might not think of him that way, but I'm talking about Chuck Jones, American animator Chuck Jones and cartoonist, died on this day in 2002. If you think about the quality and level of his work and how he advanced the art form of the animated cartoon, yes. I have to think that Chuck Jones is one of the greatest filmmakers of the 20th century. Yeah, that argument could definitely be made. I mean, sure. let alone the stuff he did with Bugs Bunny and Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner, yeah. but also Tom and Jerry and then uh, the Grinch and Horton Hears a Who. And just his level of work consistently was brilliant. He framed most of pop culture. I agree. <laughs> I would imagine. I agree. His work in Warner Brothers alone, just genius. Yeah. Passed away on this day at the age of 89. Nicholas Courtney, British actor, best known to fans of Doctor Who as Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart in the BBC science fiction series, passed on this day in 2011. The Brigadier needs you, don't you, Brigadier? What? Oh, yes, of course, depending on you. What for? Um, well, there's been this robbery, hasn't there, Brigadier? Some kind of secret weapon. Ah, yes, very serious business. And I mean, you are still unit scientific advisor, remember? Well, you can't go rushing off and leave them in the lurch. Can't I? Goodbye. That's Tom Baker's Doctor Who. I love that show. 2012, Billy Strange, American singer, songwriter, and most important guitarist, passed away at the age of 81. He was part of the famed Wrecking Crew. I've talked about them before here on the show, but they are the session musicians that backed up almost every hit in the 1960s and mm -hmm. 70s. He was a brilliant guitarist, worked with the Beach Boys on their Pet Sounds album, but play guitar on hits for Nancy Sinatra and Willie Nelson and the Everly Brothers and Nat King Cole. The list goes on and on. And he did a lot of work on TV theme songs as well. In fact, his most famous bit of guitar playing may be this one. That's Billy Strange right there. 2016, Douglas Slocum, one of the great cinematographers in film history, starting back with the Ealing comedies like Kind Hearts and Coronets, and then working his way through an impressive body of work. Lion in Winter, The Italian Job, Jesus Christ Superstar, The Great Gatsby, Rollerball, and then Steven Spielberg tapped him to do the Raiders of the Lost Ark films. He did uh, the last James Bond movie that Sean Connery ever did, Never Say Never Again. A, an impressive body of work. Died at the age of 103 oh, on this day in 2016. Damn. That ain't too bad. All right. You know what we do now? We find a food related to someone who passed away this day in history. And we run it past Eddie Pence. Seeing if it's something he'd be willing to eat or maybe just stick up his ass. And then pull it out. <laughs> How do we do it? It's pretty simple. We talk about the food. And then we pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. Those reels go round and round. And when they stop, if they match, jackpot. That means Eddie's eating the food. If they're mismatched, <laughs> he's not going to eat it. On this day in 1997, Joseph Ayupa died. Joseph Ayupa, Ayupa was an American gangster, best known for running the Chicago outfit. Oh. From 1971 until his conviction when he was sent to prison in 1986. It wasn't the first time he went to prison, however. He went away in 1986 for skimming profits from Las Vegas casinos. He received 28 years in prison. Ooh. Turns out the mob was running casinos in no, Vegas. Did you know this? I didn't know that. But before that, he was convicted in 1966. And this was one of those sort of Al Capone prosecuted for tax evasion kind of deals. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they were desperate to bring down the mob in the 60s, mm -hmm. and they would hit them with almost anything they could find that would stick. In this particular case, Iupa was convicted for unlawful transportation and possession of mourning doves across state lines. Oh, no. There was a Migratory Bird Treaty Act of 1918 where they found it was illegal to possess more than 24 doves per person outside of hunting season. And so the feds, knowing this and knowing he was a big bird hunter, 
kept tracking him down until they believed his car was filled with morning doves, <laughs> pulled him over, and they found in his trunk 563 frozen morning doves. Oh, my God. How big was the trunk? <laughs> they brought him up on charges, and he received a three-month jail sentence and a $1,000 fine. As a result, Joey Ayupa gained various nicknames in the mob underworld, like Joey Doves, Joey the Dove, Doves, <laughs> Dove Doves. and Morning Doves. <laughs> Very clever, those mobs. He too. wasn't too happy with the nicknames that stuck. <laughs> hey, Joey Doves, what are you doing? So uh, the, the food we're bringing up is morning doves. Morning doves are the most hunted bird in North America. Did I you know that? I did not know that. Uh, say, some say they are the game bird born to be eaten. Hmm. Because despite the fact that they have an abundant population and they are severely hunted here in North America, they also have a remarkable um, reproductive rate. I would imagine. And so there's no danger of us Killing them off. Some 20 million morning doves are killed every year. Wow. By human hunters. And many of them eat the meat of the morning dove. Now, as you can imagine, if you've ever seen a morning dove, mm. not a lot of meat on that bird. It's a small bird, isn't they it? They consider it a morsel. It's about the size of a pigeon. Yeah. And they say it takes a handful of birds, really, to prepare a sufficient enough meal. But <laughs> a lot of uh, hunters love to eat morning dove. Now, if you are not familiar with the taste, some people say it can be a little gamey. But the best way to get that gamey taste from the meat, they say, is to cut the bird's head off immediately after you hunt it and turn it upside down to drain all the blood away from the chest cavity. Okay. And you can't overcook it either because if you do that, it'll bring out the gamey flavor. It does have a, a rather pungent odor and flavor, some say, but that makes it a uh, good match for bold flavors and seasonings and rich berry fruits when you make meals out of morning bird breast. They say, um, you know, four or five morning doves can give you enough meat for a nice main dish. Oh, God. Eating some morning dove breast. They're too small to hunt. What are you doing? They're not too small to hunt at all. Everybody what? hunts them. And it's then you got to eat the meat. They probably fly real close eat together. The meat. Eat the meat. And they shoot them with a shotgun. No, you kill like don't. 17 of them at once. No, you go out in a social group of dove hunters. And if you miss one, you're sort of driving the bird down the line. And then the other hunters can peg oh. them. And you bring down those doves. And then you chop their heads off. And then you... Grill them up. Have some dove steak. Mmm, doves. Is Eddie Pence eating the bird of peace? There's only one way for us to find out. We're going to pull that handle. Here we go. One dove, two doves. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, it, there's too many warnings about how gamey it tastes. It's it's a wild bird. I don't like gamey meat. You have never had dove. I don't like gamey. I haven't let's had Let's go dove. find, let's get I haven't some doves. Dove, but I don't, like, I don't like gamey meat. I don't like venison. I don't like... Uh, but if you spice it up right, you can counteract the gaminess with bold spices and so flavors. So why am I flavoring it with something to make it not taste like what it tastes like? Because Again, this we makes We flavor no sense. everything, Eddie. Everything's To enhance flavored. a taste, not to That's, counteract the bold, we're aggressive in, taste of the dove. We're enhancing the, mm. the gamey You're flavoring it because it, whatever it tastes like tastes like shit. No, it's not the case It's the whole point all. of eggplant. Let me tell you... Hold on a second. Let oh, me tell you something. Fuck. You'll be lucky to eat some doves, okay? Let me consign it. Look at me when I'm talking to you. You're lucky to get some doves. You won't believe the things I had to eat when I was panning for gold up there in the black mining hills. Oh, my God. If we had a dove, we'd have a ceremony. Everybody would dance around the dove, take one of the feathers off the dove, what? stick it right in your pee hole. Jesus Christ. Everybody would say, look at me. <laughs> What would they say? Look at you, what? Look at you with a feather in your pee <laughs> hole. Concerned, I got a little of the croup. <laughs> they would say, Look at me, I got a feather in my pee hole. And that was the beginning of the ceremony. Uh -huh. And then we'd all, we'd eat some dove. I'd eat the whole thing. I don't mess around. I'd eat the feet, I'd eat the beak, the head, the head, eyes, anus. You ain't lived since you, oh, and you get some dove anus. <laughs> Dag nabbit, that's some good eating. Okay. It's like eating a lifesaver. Uh, <laughs> really? Turty lifesaver. So don't you, mm -hmm. don't you turn your nose up at morning, dove boy. <laughs> you ain't no, you don't know from hunger. I've eaten rocks. I've eaten other human beings. <laughs> Wait, you're a cannibal? I gotta this go. Is, I gotta go. I'm busy. Wait, I got some. You eat I people. I got some silt in the pan. Wow. I gotta swirl. You really need to be vetted. Just, just don't just eat dough. 
He has strong feelings you about need, it. Though. He lives in your house. You need to vet who lives in I'm your house. I'm going to get rich when he finds the He's, gold, Eddie. <laughs> There's no gold in Jackpot's ass. So much gold. Just got to let, wow. let the man do his job. I can't believe they've all three talked today. Um, Where were we? Oh, that's it. Eddie Pan's yeah. not, not eating no. dough on this. It's like shit, man. On this. Yeah, don't say it tastes like shit, man. You've never had it. Just it's, say it doesn't. It's gamey. You got to do. You got you to drain all the blood so it doesn't taste bad. All right. Now I got to go kill some doves and we have to eat them. Apparently Hope you're very happy. easy to do. Hope you're happy. Hello, death. You're dead now. So shut up. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All righty. Time to take a look at all the entertainment news in a segment I call The Showbiz Beat. Ah, sad news. I love this singer. Chuck Jackson, one of the great R&B singers out of the early 60s, has passed away at the age of 85. He was with the band The Dell Vikings, the vocal group The Dell Vikings, uh, in the late 1950s, and then he decided to make a go of it as a solo artist. 1961, he cracked the top 40 with a minor hit that was produced and arranged by a teenage whiz by the name of Carole King, by the way. Mm. Great tune. It's called I Don't Want to Cry. It wasn't a big hit, but here's a little taste of it. I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry. No more. No, darling. No Shortly thereafter, he had his big breakout hit, a uh, song that had been written by Burt Bacharach. But then uh, he had a smash hit with it. The likes of Elvis Presley and Ronnie Millsap went on to cover this as well. But here's the original, the late Chuck Jackson with Any Day Now. Any day now, I will hear you say goodbye, my love. And you'll be on. Original Starsky and Hutch star David Soul was uh, on social media this week. We mentioned that the Fox has made an announcement they're going to reboot Starsky and Hutch yeah. with female leads. Yeah. They're going to have uh, Sasha Starsky and Nicole Hutchinson mm -hmm. be two female detectives who are teamed up to solve crimes. And so David Soul, who played the original Hutch on the classic cop show, was on social media this week saying, Every article mentions the original actors by name, so why not just reboot Paul and me as a couple of old farts <laughs> solving piddly-ass crimes at an assisted living facility where we would now live? Who can do Starsky and Hutch better than him and me? He tweeted on Tuesday. I don't know whether he was kidding or not, but I would absolutely like to see those guys team up again. That would something. be more entertaining than a rebooted version. That's my feeling. If you want to capture anybody who still gives a shit about Starsky and yeah, Hutch. cast the old actors. And reboot do... the show with them and have them be private detectives yeah. now or just living together or something. <laughs> I would watch that. Right. And then let these two young actresses have their own right. show and build their own mythos with whatever characters they want. literally setting these girls up for failure by doing this to them. I, I honestly think so. I feel bad. Um, now, there is apparently a wrinkle to the story that someone framed their fathers in this new version for a crime they didn't commit and sent them to prison. Oh, so Starsky and Hutch are in pr could, prison. Could the original Starsky and Hutch be... I mean, these guys are both in their 70s now. Yeah. They're more like grandfathers than yeah. fathers. But maybe they're trying to... That makes uh, it more interesting to me. Maybe try to give them a role in it and maybe make it more of a sequel than a, than a reboot. Give them the rub. I guess we'll have to wait to see. And this just made me sad. Britney Spears posted yet another bizarre video on her Instagram account. Remember when her Instagram was taken down and her fans went crazy and yeah. literally sent 
authorities to her home to yeah. do a welfare check right. because they couldn't bear the idea of Britney not being on social and then media. she told them to fuck off in a way. And she was pissed off yeah. about it. Maybe it's best if Britney doesn't have access to social media. Probably. I'm going to play this latest video. The edits in this are hers. They're not mine. She starts by talking about the fact that she has sewn a dress. And then about midway through the video, says thank you to the company that sent her the dress, that she didn't sew it. Oh. And she does the whole thing in a vaguely British accent. Oh, good. While running around in and out of the frame of the camera. Okay, great news is... Okay, so last week, guys, I made a dress. It's really proud, diamond panel, slip in the back, a girlfriend helped me sew it. They sent me a dress I didn't have to make myself. <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm just saying. Okay, now I'm so proud. I didn't even have to make it myself. Thank you, company, for sending me this dress. Thank you. So, guys, I just want you to know, if I shut down my Instagram, do not call the cops. Don't ever be a roller coaster. I got this dress as well. My God. Don't be a roller coaster. She's not well. She's not well. It's so sad. And it doesn't seem like anyone is stepping in. Well, look how much shit people got for stepping in and trying I to help know, her. But... And all the conspiracies went around that they're trying they're they're hiding her and then she's trying to send all these messages and messages in secret. I just The woman's not well. She At least help. they should monitor her use of social media. Who? Anyone who monitors her? She's got a husband and a manager and people. They catch shit for trying to help her. Yeah, I know. It's just sad. But also, don't be a roller coaster. (laughs) Don't be a roller coaster. I think it's excellent. Or do a bad British accent. Today's celebrity birthday is all these stars born on February 22nd. Singer James Blunt is 49. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. It's true. Actor Paul Dooley's 95, John Ashton, soon to be seen again in the next Beverly Hills Cop movie. He played uh, one of the detectives, the, the guy with the mustache, the balding. Oh, Tackle. No, Taggart. 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 Yeah, 75 years old today. Julie Waters from the Harry Potter films and Mamma Mia is 73. Rachel Dratch from Saturday Night Live and 30 Rock, 57 years old. She was Debbie Downer, famously. Yes. On SNL. Actor Kyle MacLachlan is 64. So good in Twin Peaks. Still one of my favorite shows yeah. to this day. This is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee. I've had, I can't tell you how many cups of coffee in my life, and this, this is one of the best. <laughs> you know, Coop, he's a good man, that Sheriff Truman. David Lynch would stop by. Oh. Uh, Jerry Ryan, Star Trek Voyager, 55 years old. Thomas Jane is 54. Drew Barrymore is 48. You have to hand it to Drew Barrymore. The fact that she was a massive kid star yeah. and managed to maintain a career and some semblance of a life. And well, she also went through a really bad She did, thing. but she came out on the, other, out side, the other side. And she's the, still, yeah. still working. And actor Ellen Green, who, for my money, did one of the great Broadway slash film roles of all time in Little Shop of Horrors. I mean, she took uh, the role of, uh, what's the, the name of the... Suddenly, Seymour and Audrey. 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 Audrey too. Took the <laughs> took the the character of Audrey and made it indelibly connected to her. You can't see anyone yeah. else when you think of Audrey from Little Shop of Horrors, right? That's a voice. My God. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And now, another man who's indelibly burnt into our minds. <laughs> our pal across the pond. It's the UK Update with... Steve. Steve. Steve Ashton. Oh, Steve. Oh, Ralph, you're so beloved and respected. You know, you make Jimmy Carter look like Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, um, Harry Styles, uh, Cockman, I forgot to do a little thing. Normally I do a little thing for that. I did a little nickname. I forgot to do that. You do, yeah. I'll try and make up for the rest rest of the story. Harry Styles sent fans wild as he took part in one of uh, the most disgusting traditions ever while on stage in Perth, Australia. No, he didn't eat liquid cheese from an aerosol can. (laughs) Come on. 
you filthy beggars. Uh, the former One Direction man joked that he will be discussing the moment with his therapist. Um, now, uh, he stunned onlookers down under, apparently, when he agreed to do a shoey. Do you know what a shoey is, Ralph? Uh, unfortunately, I do, yes. Have you ever Have you ever done one? I will. I have not and will not. Okay. So he was pressured into taking part in the Aussie tradition of drinking a liquid from his own shoe after one of his entourage had previously done so. Now, bowing to the chance, he removes his trainer or sneaker, as you lot would call them. You call them sneakers, don't you? We do, yes. Yeah, because you wear them at night, don't you? You wear them at night, don't you? The sneakers, you wear them to sneak up on people in the night. You wear them at night to sneak up on people. No wonder, you fucking creepy bastards. No wonder you've all got nine guns each. People fucking creeping up in the trainers <laughs> or in the in their fucking sneakers. They should call them creepers. Anyway... I went off on one then. Um, yeah. So uh, he then, so he takes his shoe off and fills it up with the liquid before returning to the front and center of the stage to down the drink as the crowd screams. Um, there's no details on what the liquid is, but I imagine most of his female audience could have filled up old Mother Hubbard's fucking shoe a dozen times over. <laughs> That's right. I'm talking about vaginal transudate. Um, okay. Okay. Should we, should we have a quick listen? No. <laughs> This is one of the most disgusting traditions I've ever witnessed. I feel ashamed of myself. It feels so personal. Such an intimate moment to be shared with so many people. It's fine when Scott does it. I'll be discussing this with my therapist at length. So shall I regale you with a bit of background about doing a shoey, Ralph? Uh, if you must. So it's the it's like um, the Australian version of Ask a Brit, this, isn't it? Except it'd be like Ask a Savage, wouldn't it? Asking someone from Australia about their customs. Uh, drinking from a shoe has historically been performed as both a bringer of good fortune, but also a hazing punishment or a party piece. Drinking champagne, of course, from a lady's slipper. Not a night slipper, by the way. I mean, you know, I can't see Edwin <laughs> drinking his fucking Blue Mountain Dew from his Star Wars night slippers, can you? <laughs> Tracy fucking screaming, what are you doing? Uh, anyway, it became a symbol of decadence in the early 20th century. Now, um, it may have older origins, of course, as one medie medieval Ethiopian story depicts the Virgin Mary kindly offering water to a thirsty dog in her shoe. I can't imagine that would have been very effective. Didn't they all wear fucking sandals? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like fucking trying trying to serve fucking Jack Daniels in a croc. You know what I mean? <laughs> waste of time. Anyway, uh, uh, drinking from another soldier's boot, apparently also, was a tradition. Uh, it was a hazing ritual in the German army. And we know... Uh, how they did, didn't we? Um, soldiers <laughs> would drink from a general's boot after victory during World War One, and the idea that drinking from a shoe or boot can bring good fortune dates back actually to the Middle Ages. The German Bierstiefel is a boot-shaped beer glass. Have you ever seen one of those, Ralph? I have seen those, yes. Yeah, so the sets have been created by a Prussian general in an uh, unnamed war uh, who promised his troops that if they were victorious in an upcoming battle, he would drink beer from his own boot. After they won, uh, the general had second thoughts because, you know, <laughs> fucking rich people, um, and uh, instead ordered a glass uh, imitation to be made. Now, presumably, the Australians do it because, well, they're Australian, so no further explanation <laughs> needed there. Is it? Savage, but noble people. Hey, prosaic dry shite Sheeran is in the news. What's up with Ed? Ed Sheeran's teamed up with the Heinz Company to launch his own brand of hot sauces. Now, you may remember he did some promotion a little while ago with tomato ketchup. Do you remember that? I do, yes. Yeah, so the hot sauce is called Tingly Ted's, which sounds like something that you might catch from a brothel. Uh, can't come out love tonight oh, I've got the old tingly Ted's um, <laughs> the brand the brand has debuted with two variants tingly uh, so tingly Ted and extra tingly Ted <laughs> apparently yeah apparently it takes its name from his childhood nickname tingly Ted 
It's his childhood nickname, Tingly. I'm sure he was called other things, though, don't you think? <laughs> yes, probably. I, I don't know off the top of my head. Little Orphan Annie, Copper Top, Carrot Top, Cheeto Hair, Fire Pubes, uh, Raggedy Ann, Red Riding Hood, and, of course, Red Ted Period Head Shits and a Bottle and Peas in Bed. <laughs> They're just off the top of my head. But Tingly is a medium hot sauce, while Extra Tingly... See if you can guess, Ralph. What do you, what do you reckon the sort of composition of Extra Tingly is? I'm guessing it's uh, very hot sauce. Yeah, a bit hotter, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, Sheeran says, um, I had a year of whittling down the perfect flavors with a great mixing team, and we settled on two absolute belters. I'm so excited to bring this product out. I'm genuine. It's genuinely something I use every day on all three meals. So Sheeran had a year of whittling down the perfect flavors. Mm. How many fucking flavors go into a hot sauce? I can't imagine that many. You've got capsicum, you know, hot chilies, something smoky, and maybe a bit of citrus. He could have tried fucking 10 in an afternoon and just fucking <laughs> chose one, couldn't he? A fucking year, bullshit, fucking time waster. Or knowing Sheeran, he could have just fucking copied someone else's recipe, couldn't he? <laughs> Plagiarizing prick. Anyway, I've got to go now, Ralph. Um, as it's Ash Wednesday, so you know, Ralph, I'm a deeply committed Christian. Um don't need to remind you that Ash Wednesday uh, is a solemn reminder of human mortality and the need for reconciliation with God. And of course, it marks the beginning of the Lenten season. It's commonly observed with fasting and ashes. So I'm going to be combining those two to save myself some time, the fasting and the ashes. So I'm going to be spending the day protesting gay marriage, critical race theory and immigration. That's right. And spending the day as a fascist. <laughs> Fast and ashes fascist i'll talk to you again on friday steve will be back with us on friday meanwhile it's wednesday time for a one-hit wonder it's the one-hit wonder one-hit wonder one-hit wonders it's a very common tale this suggestion comes to us from lauren today morning ralph morning eddie steve jen how are you guys today uh this is lauren from reachport oregon and I am calling in for a one-hit wonder Wednesday. Um, I was just sitting over here this weekend, and all of a sudden I had the the name Undercover Angel pop into my head. I realized I haven't heard that song in ages, if not decades. And it's a good song. I've never heard of this person, never heard any more from him. So uh, Undercover Angel by Alan O'Day. Uh, hopefully it brings back some memories for you guys, too. So I thought I'd call it in. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Undercover Angel, song that was written and sung by Alan O'Day, released as a single in 1977, went all the way to number one, one of the 10 biggest hits of the year 1977. The reason most people didn't know Alan O'Day as a performer is because up to that point, he was a very successful songwriter. He was writing hits for other artists. Uh, he wrote a big hit for the Righteous Brothers in 1974 called Rock and Roll Heaven. If you believe in forever, then life is just a one-night stand. If there's a rock and roll And then he wrote a song for Helen Reddy in 1974 called Angie Baby. It also went to number one. He's one of the few artists who have not only had a number one record themselves, but also have written a number one record for another artist. In the 70s, there were a lot of weird chick songs about girls that had like secret lovers in closets and were like <laughs> secret murderers what? and psychopaths and stuff. There was. There was a lot of psycho okay. girl songs in I'm the 70s. Not aware of that. Angie Baby by Helen Reddy was one of the biggest. It was a story of a crazy girl who yeah. lived in a house next door uh -huh. and a guy goes over to try to seduce her and he's never heard from what? again because he's under the floorboards. Oh my God. Because Angie Baby crazy. Is, yeah. Fuck. Angie Baby you're She living in a world of make-believe or not? I don't ask what's his face that went over there. That's what I'm saying. Jesus. So this guy specialized in writing songs about heaven uh -huh. and angels and uh, crazy sex. Yeah. So his own hit, Undercover Angel, appropriately, 
released in 1977, was a story of a guy who's so lonely, an angel visits him huh. and starts to fuck him okay. at night. Wow. When nobody else is around. It's not an angel. He has angel sex. It's not yes, an, it is. It's not angel She's sex. an undercover angel, oh, Eddie. Okay. And this song is just pure 70s magic, <laughs> I have to tell you. It went to number one of the charts here in the United States, number one in Canada, number four in New Zealand. It was a big hit in Australia as well. Here is Alan O'Day with his only top 10 hit, Undercover Angel. <laughs> Sound of angel sex. Yeah. A lot of but, radio stations in the United States wouldn't play this song because oh, it was too sexual in too, nature. Wow. Can you imagine? I can't. Given what's on the radio today, <laughs> that that song was way too hot mm. for people to, to deal with. I'm erect. <laughs> it, for sure. It only helped create a buzz, and that's what helped send it up the charts. Believe it or not, that was Alan O'Day's. What's his name? Alan O'Day? Alan O'Day. O'Day. Did I say Alan? Let me look at uh, Alan O'Day. Alan O'Day. Alan O'Day's only number one hit. Uh, only top ten hit, actually. Wow. In fact, he quit his uh, solo career shortly thereafter. Did kept uh, working in music, however. Did he? He wrote uh, over 100 songs for the Saturday morning series Muppet Babies. Did Started he? working for Jim Henson, yeah. Muppet sex. <laughs> no, there's no Muppet sex. Well, how did you get Muppet Babies? <laughs> there are the established Muppets at a younger age. Well, some before some they Muppets grow up. fucked before that. No, I don't believe there was any Muppet right. sex songs. Sadly, he's no longer with us. He passed away in 2013. But at least he had that one hit song about banging an angel <laughs> in the middle of the night. Thank you so much, Lauren, for the suggestion. That's today's one hit wonder. It's the one hit wonder. One hit wonder. One hit wonders. It's a very common tale. All right, kids, that's it for today's show. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Come back tomorrow, unless you're a four-star general, then come hang out with us tonight at 7 p.m. Everybody else will talk to you tomorrow on Thursday's show, but in order for you to join us, you got to uh, take care of yourself. Stay good in the hood. Because life is life. We want yours to be long, happy, and healthy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Until tomorrow, please remember, I love you. I mean it. Bye. Ha ha, so ha, ha, I got it, ha ha, bye bye. Take a better dance now. Bye, Menon. I said, what?